the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Scotty, where are you, my man? We miss you right here at KKLA. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch, California. Welcome to SoCal Live, and we have so much to talk about today. I know usually on Fridays it's like open mic. Anybody can call and talk about anything you want to talk about. I'll give you that number one last time or one more time, I should say, at the start of the hour at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And, uh, you know, the news today, if Scotty were here, he, he'd have a hard time choosing what we're going to be talking about because there are so many things that are happening. You know, we've gone through the mass shootings in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay uh, last week. I guess last Friday night, and again, there's a time change over in Jerusalem outside of a Jewish synagogue, a Palestinian gunman, another mass shooting, and seven uh, Israelis uh, were shot and killed in cold blood. Now, today, over in Jerusalem, it's Holocaust Remembrance Day. I don't know if you've ever been in Israel on Holocaust Remembrance Day. Today is the 78th anniversary, 78th year anniversary of the liberation of, of Auschwitz, where Hitler was killed some 6 million Jews. And today is the, the Remembrance Day of that. And if you're ever in Israel, no matter where you are, I, I want to say it's 12 o'clock noon. I've been over there several times, but the entire country— there are there's an alarm that goes off doesn't matter if you're in northern israel or southern israel they've got the whole thing covered this big siren goes off and everybody stops if you're driving your car you stop if you're on a tour bus you stop if you're eating you stop the entire country stands still for 60 seconds maybe a little longer but uh, just to remember uh, what happened uh, on that day to remember what happened at the Holocaust. And so they they live every day and every year not wanting to forget, while some people in America deny that it even happened. So it's interesting, the night before Holocaust Remembrance Day, Jewish synagogue, seven people were killed. Then I just heard that Jay Leno, who uh, recently was in a fire, I don't know if you all knew that, he was in a fire and he had burns all over his face, been in the hospital, he got out. I guess today he was in a motorcycle crash and broke, several bones and is hospitalized then the border's still open we got 250,000 people who've crossed this year a record number already this year this is on top of last year just in the last month and then of course we have this situation up we're over in memphis tennessee young man uh, tyree nichols age 29 he uh was at a traffic stop got pulled over on january 7th and he's African-American, and then there were five police officers. I don't know how five 
pull over one car. I, I don't understand that, but pulled him over and literally uh, beat the living daylights out of Tyree Nichols. And again, I don't like to talk about some things where the facts haven't all come out, but they're supposed to release the the body camera, the footage of that any moment. They could do it in the midst of this hour, maybe next hour. And also, if you're tuning in next hour, we've got Candace Cameron Bure, who's going to be in studio. So you want to make sure you're here for the 4 o'clock hour as well. But there's a chance that video uh, could be released either this hour or next hour. And from what I've been told is everybody who have seen this video, because these five African-American police officers beat this African-American man, young man, and he died three days later. And so what? What if you're watching the news, they're saying that all over this country, from coast to coast, there's going to be protests. And there are some people who think the cities are all going to be on fire again tonight after this video is released because even, even the police chief of Memphis, who's an African-American woman, said that this is like the worst thing that she's ever seen in her life. It's unexplainable. They said it could be even worse than the Rodney King videos. And so just so much going on in the world today. And another reminder that the only hope for our world is Jesus Christ. We live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world uh, that morally is upside down. We do call good things evil and evil things. I mean, pure evil. We now are calling those good. Isaiah the prophet was correct uh, as far as the prophecy of that. We're living in those days uh, today. So a lot to talk about if you want to call us at 888-528-2557. Love to, love to hear your thought on any of this, but certainly our prayers uh, are with Tyree Nichols' family and uh, what happened there uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Things like that should never, ever, ever, ever happen. I don't care what color you are, what what race you, you are, whatever you identify as, that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be pulled over for a traffic stop and uh, have things escalate to that uh, degree. We still need our police officers. We still need to support them. And we've, we've, we've got to figure this out, and we're get, we've got to figure it out together. I'm honored to have in studio a couple of young men. You know, uh, I, th- I think it's good to talk to young people, especially – especially since we have all these things going on in our culture, because I think sometimes the younger generation sees things through a different lens than than what the rest of us do. And so we have in studio a couple. There's two, 25. They're both 25 years old, young man named Derek Lopez and a young man named Caleb Walden. Derek and Caleb, say hello to everybody. Hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> kind of strange. These are two great guys. I've known them a long time. I actually put their picture on my Twitter feed. If you want to go to PastorDudley.com, or it's just Pastor Dudley on Twitter. Uh, I put a picture up so you can see what Derek looks like and what Caleb looks like. But they're both good-looking young men. And I thank you both. At least, Caleb, you grew up in the church, right? I did, yeah. Your whole life, you've never not been in church. I've been For, in church since I was born. Can you think? If you live to be 100, you've spent a fourth of your life already That's amazing. in church. 25 years. Derek, were you raised in church? 
My my parents were believers. My mom was Catholic and my dad was Christian, but I grew up going to Catholic church for the longest time. And then at 16 or 17 years old, I found Shepherd Church and I started listening to your sermons and I felt convicted to follow Jesus with all of my heart. And so at 17 years old, I got baptized and I've been following Jesus ever since. And how long have you all known each other? We've uh, known each other probably five. 22. So like, I mean, yeah, 21, four or five years now. Mm-hmm. You're both married. Yes. Both married, yeah. So tell us about your wives quickly, like in 10, 15 seconds. I want to hear about your wives. My, na- my wife, Monet, is the love of my life. She has beautiful hair. She makes me smile every single day, and she loves the singer Bruno Mars. That's and she grew up favorite. in the church, too, right? Yeah, she grew up in the church. She's, yeah. Since she was little, 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 little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife is Kayla. So it's I'm Caleb. She's Kayla. Oh she, she's also the love of my life. Beautiful red hair. Um, and we met at Shepherd Youth when we were, she was 15, I was 16 years old, met in youth ministry. And, ne- and neither one of you have children? No. Uh, no you all got to get busy. You got to get uh, busy. Everyone gotta keeps get out telling of the us studio. to wait. Gotta I'm, get I'm home. trying to travel a little bit. You got to get home. We, got, we need more kids. So Derek and uh, Caleb, uh, thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to talk to them, you can call us at 888-528-2557. And one of the things that we thought we would talk about, we're going to talk about culture. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, but we want to talk also about prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. And if you're listening, maybe you were a prodigal son. Maybe you were a prodigal daughter, and you came back to faith. We want to hear just a brief – we don't have time for a long story, but if you can shorten that up and let's give us a brief testimony of how you had drifted away from God and then you came back. We tend to think of prodigal children as uh, the prodigal son as young people. I don't know. I suppose you can be a 70-year-old person who comes to faith and then fall, fall, drift away from God. But we're specifically talking about people in their youth. Maybe you're listening right now, and you're a parent, and your son is a prodigal son, or your daughter's a prodigal daughter, and you're worried sick about them. We want you to call us and and. We will actually pray for your son. We will pray for your daughter because we believe in the power of prayer if you've been listening all week. And if we, we'll pray that that prodigal son returns. We'll pray that, that that daughter returns. So if you have a son or a daughter who's prodigal and you're worried, maybe you don't know what to do. You don't know what to tell them. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe your heart is just broken. I know as a parent with children, when they go astray, oh, there is nothing uh, more painful than that. So, again, give us a call, 888 I want to ask uh, Derek and Caleb uh, just your kind of thoughts on culture in general. Uh, you know, I've been around longer than you guys, and so I've seen this downward spiral that's happening in our country. Uh, you know, we had a lot of problems back when I was in high school, but I'm a, many decades removed from uh, high school days but we've drifted so much further uh, down this cesspool of immorality in this country, as I look at it. But have you got what? Where do you guys? What's your all's take on on uh, on what's going on in our world today, culturally? I think I think this culture is extremely affirming in multiple things, and so that could be a good thing, but that could also be a terrible thing. And so when you're ex- extremely affirming. You don't want to cancel anything or you want uh, to live out your own truth. And I think that's something I, I had spoken on last time I was here with you. But I think I think I, everywhere I see, whether I'm at malls or I'm online, I see a lot of live your own truth, live your own truth, find out what your truth is, find out what makes you happy. I see that a lot. And when I talk to some of the students, I hear that a lot. And 
I, when I when I when I hear that, when I see that, it breaks my heart because at the end of the day, when you believe in your own truth, in a way, you kind of make yourself your own god. You make yourself um, the king of the universe or the queen of the universe, and there has to come, there has to be a point in time where you have to know what absolute truth is. And that's one thing that I'm thankful for that I believe in Jesus Christ that He is the absolute truth. His 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 words are the way. They are the truth. They are the thing that leads you to the full life that He's called you to. And so, my heart breaks out for the youth uh, that are trying their best to to live their truth or to live their best life. And what they don't realize is the best life that they could possibly live is the life committed and and loved to by Jesus and a life where Jesus is telling you, I have so much more for you that you don't even realize. You just have to trust me and, and walk alongside me. And so I think Caleb often talks about it when he when he's preaching. He kind of attributes it. To, he feels like sometimes, you know, he tells the kids, sometimes you feel like God's holding you down. But God almost is like a kite. When you hold a kite down, that's the very thing that lifts you up. And so every time I see a kite now, I think of Caleb, but I think that's the perfect analogy. Friends, God's not holding you back. God's not giving you any less. No, God is giving you great things and beautiful things worth aspiring to and believing in. You have to just know that the thing that he's holding you from is actually good. My wife likes to say sometimes rejection is actually God's protection. Mm. And so I think that's that's one thing that's hard is, is, is figuring out what is true, what is right. And that's one thing, that's one reason why I believe in Jesus. Because I don't, I, my heart is deceiving sometimes, my mind can get me crossed up. But if I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and I believe that, and I believe that because he rose 2,000 years ago and he seated, he's seated in glory right now. But if I believe that, and if I believe he rose from the dead, then I have to believe that whatever he says is true. And that goes with everything. The way I live my life, the way I look at people, the way I love people, that has to be true. Mm. And I don't want to trust myself. I want to trust someone who's been around and will continue to be around, the Alpha and Omega. So, yeah. Caleb, what do you see going on in our culture today? It's harder to be a kid than it's ever been before. I, that, that's what I believe. These kids have so much in front of them with their phones, with social media, with these ideas surrounding them that, I mean, they're, they're trying to decipher what's true and what's right, just like Derek said, but with more in front of their face than any generation has ever seen before them. I mean, I'm not trying to say phones or social media are all bad, but that's just a reality of it. And so I, I feel for these kids because they're and they're just they're just trying to figure out um, what they believe and who they are. But they have so many different voices and so many different options of what to choose. And they also have access to um, everything. I mean, pornography and things that you can see on your phone with just a couple clicks of a button. It's it's unbelievable. And so I feel for our students and I, I pray for them often because of that. But uh, as Derek said, that's why the gospel the words of Jesus are so needed today because in a world of so many different options that look good, that look like, oh, that, that could be fun to do. You need to know what's true, what's right. And that's why having God's word and having Jesus in the gospel, it's so, so important and necessary for, for our young people. But man, it's, it's hard out there. Yeah, wasn't Pilate the one who asked Jesus, what is truth? Was that Pilate that asked that question? Somebody asked Jesus, what is truth? Or did uh, Jesus ask that question? You're testing my Bible knowledge. Yeah, I, 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 I can't get it So, But right the now. young people today... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not in the public school system. Have you guys been in the public schools? I was for a short period of time, North Hollywood High School. North Hollywood, and I was private school. My private life. school, but so I, you know, I just hear things that that the teachers are liberal. I hear things uh, that that go on in public schools. What are the things in this world? I, I, if Jesus is truth, He's the way, the truth, the life. And we know that Satan has the power to blind 
people to keep people from seeing spiritual truth. I, I, I understand that biblically that Satan can blind young people. He can blind anybody to seeing the truth. But what are the things specifically that are leading these children down the wrong path? I would say a, a big one is trying to find out their own identity and whatever that is for them. And so there are multiple um, ideas in our culture of saying, hey, just like kind of like what Derek was saying, ex- express who you are. Um, and I think that's that's confusing. But what I think what a lot of our students and young people are looking for when they express who they are mm-hmm. is just also for people to like who they are. So. I think the specific problem that I see in our culture is a lot of times our students can be liked and loved as for who they are or who they claim to be, but in doing things that are not at all what God has called us to do. I think that's the specific problem. So a student can say, um, I'm, I'm gay. I identify as homo- homosexual. And they will immediately receive um, an abundance of acceptance and love from that community. And I think that um, I think that's that's part of that's some of a problem for us as the church and what we preach because sometimes they can they can receive more acceptance outside of the church than they can inside of the church and i think that is a, a specific problem that when when a young person can go and choose um who they are and be more accepted for who they are outside of the church that that's a big uh problem and something we need to be aware of are they are they being led by the teachers you know we always hear that teachers are liberal that they yeah. don't believe in God. If a kid believes in God when he walks into that school, I, I, at least I hear it more in college. Is it like that in high school and junior high? Well, we hear all, we hear the indoctrination of these children with all this gender stuff going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly feel bad, especially for our public school systems. And you know, obviously, I was I was gracious enough that my parents were able to put me in private school for a good amount of my youth and especially in my development, especially those very young years. But I want to give encouragement though. Uh, to those who may be in the public school systems, you know, obviously Caleb and I were, were youth pastors at the church and we see a lot of our kids are actually public school kids. And a lot of our kids who are desperate and loving for Jesus are these public school kids. And so I want to affirm those parents who are doing their best to instill these kids. Hey, don't, don't just trust that your te- that the teachers are going to be the best guide for their kids. Obviously, we can say that with things like math or social studies or art class or whatever, but when it comes to these godly morals, these godly values, you have to make sure that you as a parent or as a grandparent or as a loving mentor in a kid's life, how can I be present in their life and how can I be reminding them the truth, right? Because we can't always trust that every person we're going to bring them in front of is going to lead them in the right direction. I had a, I had a parent call me a couple months ago and their kid was actually in the private school system. And he was, and she was asking me questions uh, because they were starting to teach transgenderism in the schools. Teaching it. Yeah. Teaching it in the schools. And, you know, they were saying, you know, Derek, what, what do I do? Um, should I take them out of this school? What should I do? And I said, listen, you can evaluate those options. You can take them to another school if you want, but you need to make sure that you're reading the Bible with your children. You need to make sure that they're active in a youth program. Uh, and also just know that the more, the more, um, the more godly people they have in their life, the more often they're going to be set in the right direction as well. But take the time to pray with your kids. Take the time. Don't just call something bad on the screen. Don't just call something bad in the media, but take the time to show them why is it bad. Why is God's way better? Why is why does God have something greater for us if we just hold on and we say no for now? And I think what happens is is at times we can get lazy. 
we just drop off our kids at school and oh well we, this is the best school in the LAUSD system so our kids are going to be taken care of we drop off our kids at church and again there's nothing wrong with that we're doing our best to, to love our kids to bless our kids but also how much more impactful can we be if all of us together can come read the Bible with our students bless our students show our t- students and don't just tell them no you know, because I think that gets annoying as a kid. Well, you're just you're just being a hater. Well, let's actually break down and realize why is God keeping us from those things? Why yeah. is there something? Better? You guys both work at the church. You're at Shepherd Church, and, and Caleb, you grew up in that church, yep. and you you've been there since you were seventeen. Since seventeen, and but your heart, your passion is to reach young people. Both of you. I mean, that's kind of where you serve in the area at the church, right? Yes. And uh, I, I want to know where that burden and that passion came from for you to try to reach young people. We want you to call us at 888-528-2557. If you're listening and you have a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, we would love to hear that story, and we would love to pray for your son. We'll get the whole city of Los Angeles and San Diego County praying for your son or for your daughter if if they're a prodigal. And uh, again, the burden, the passion that we have to reach young people, we have just a few seconds before the break. Caleb, where, where does that burden come from? I think it came from, first off, my parents instilling it in me, mm-hmm. and, and that's the way I grew up. And um, honestly, growing up under your preaching and my youth pastor, Dusty Frizzell's preaching, um, everybody made clear that if, if this gospel is real, if Jesus died on the cross and rose again, then there's nothing more important in the world than every person knowing that Jesus loves them and died for them. And so I, I just grew up with that, and I've been put in this context of um, being able to minister to students, and so I'm lucky to do that. Well, I'm thankful for people like you, and really all over this city, uh, there are literally hundreds of thousands of young people, and it's it's the burden of our heart to see them come to know the Lord. It's the next generation, and as you said earlier, Caleb, they're they're going up against things that most generations have not. We've all had our problems, but it's it's pretty tough right now. We're going to come back after this break. We've got some callers who've called. We're going to take their callers. You're listening to Friday's edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. It is Pastor Dudley Rutherford at Shepherd Church filling in for Scott Furrow, and Scott will be back on Monday. We want to encourage you to be here. Also, next hour at 4 o'clock, we've got Candace Cameron Bure from uh, television. You all know of her. I'll explain that later. But if you want to call in and talk to her, you can do that next hour. But uh, we've been talking to Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden, two young men. They're both 25 years of age. And they are just kind of giving us their perspective on the youth uh, of our culture. So many issues going on in our world today. Young people, I mean, it's to, to, to raise a child in this culture, in this city, it, you got to be a brave uh, parent uh, to do that today. We're, we're asking the, uh, you to call if you've got a son or a daughter that's kind of drifted away and you want us to pray for them or let us know their story. We will cert- we'll get all of Los Angeles and all of San Diego County praying for your son or your daughter. So let us know that story. We want to go to Jessica. Jessica, thank you for calling SoCal Live today. Hi, Pastor Dudley. Um, I just wanted to kind of affirm that LAUSD is most definitely teaching liberal ideology. And in particular, my story is that I have a daughter who is now in fifth grade, 
And in second grade during the pandemic, when everything was done virtually, she was being taught um, on a very elementary level um, that you can be who you want to be and boys don't have to be princesses and um, basically pronouns. Um, and it was done through a book. So I quickly ran to the room, went on YouTube, fast forwarded through the book and saw what was going to be coming up. And we closed the laptop. Um, by the grace of God, I was able to see that and catch it. Um, and when I did call the principal and discuss that this, I found this to be inappropriate, um, she made me aware that this was going to be taught in kindergarten and that there is, an, uh, at the beginning of the school year, an orientation in which they let the parents know. Um, and so it was... I. Thank God I was able to pull her out of school and put her in private school. It happened on a Friday, and on Monday she was pulled out and enrolled somewhere else. But um, she was in second grade, so this is most definitely happening. Jessica, it wasn't like that when you and I went to school. Where do you think all this Absolutely is? Where, where is all this coming from and, and, and the purpose of it? I, I don't I don't understand it. I definitely feel this is a spiritual battle. Um, I do feel like everything that is wrong is right. Um, and so if I, I can't really say exactly where it's coming from, but all I can say as far as myself and my children, it's teaching them at home so that when this does, this is in front of them and it will be, especially in this city that their foundation is, is strong um but it's being taught and, and it's just this spirit of confusion um and then not only that but i think that all of the resources that are given to children that begin to like show signs or or may say they're gay i mean like the, they were just the young men were just saying the youth pastors they have given so many resources that will ring louder than what a parent is even saying. So it's so important that the foundation is there in the home. Jessica, thank you for calling. You can feel the emotion of that mama taking care of her little girl. Yeah. And just, I, I, yeah, I remember back when the, they just started doing sex education. They didn't do, they, did, they used to not do even sex education in school systems. Just starting, I'm like, why? Why is there a sex education class for fifth graders? Yeah. I, I don't get it. I took that in high school. You took it in high school. Yeah, as a sophomore in high school. And so, and did she say that that they were starting to teach us how to kindergarten? In kindergarten like? stuff. I, I, you know, I, I help teach the kindergarten class on Sundays, little four, five, six year olds, and that just breaks my heart. That like, you just want to play with Hot Wheels. And and now you're being told that you can be anything that you want to be. Like I asked these kids, they don't even remember what they had for dinner last night. And so for them to make these choices, I think that's just, I don't know. I think it's scary. And so parents, you know, do your best to to speak with your kids, pray with your kids often, and do your best to show the best example. Because you know you can't you can't always trust that the schools are doing that. And that breaks my heart. If I mean I found if I found that out that my four year old five year old is being told these things. I would probably do the same as this mom just did. Yeah, and I. It, it, what's also amazing is how many parents don't care. I, I mean, you would think every parent in the world would be watching over their kid like a hawk 
in, mm-hmm. in regards to the, some of those issues. But I, I appreciate Jessica, and I appreciate her heart and her diligence in making sure. And, and why aren't schools just truly teaching reading and writing and science and, and stuff that they're going to need? I, 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 I'm just at a loss for all that. You guys, when you uh, – I'm talking to – Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden, uh, they're both 25 years age. They, they serve at Shepherd Church, and they're involved in the youth ministry at the church. And do both of you guys do an incredible job, and I'm thankful for our young people. That's one of the greatest things of having a long-term ministry, just seeing kids like you grow up and become mm-hmm. the future leaders of, of the church. And I, I'm worried about the next generation. I'm worried about the things they're taught, and we're morally we're drifting so far away. But young people today need they need young role models uh, such as yourselves. You remember back when you were young, who it was that you know that helped keep you on the right path. I mean, you you somehow didn't get drawn into all these things, and you kept kept your eyes on the Lord. And and you remember you remember fighting some of these things and some of these temptations and feeling like you're gonna. Go off the deep end spiritually. Hundred oh, percent. I mean, I, I remember being challenged immediately when I was a junior in high school, and you know, coming to Shepherd Church for the first time, and you know, and I had grow, grown up in a Catholic background, so I didn't have a lot of knowledge, and I was the type of kid that was sitting on the edge of my pew because mm. Jesus Jesus had saved my life as a sixteen year old. I, I had depressive thoughts. Um, I wanted to do bad things to myself, but Jesus Christ saved me at, at sixteen years old. And I remember coming to Shepherd Church, and I'm learning all these things from Pastor Dudley. So thank you. Like, part of who I am today is because of you, and so I thank you for that. Um, but I remember being conflicted in the middle of, in the middle of high school. Mm. You know, I had a girlfriend at the time. Am I going to walk God's way, or am I going to have sex with my girlfriend? Am I going to do the? Am I going to you know spend all the money on myself, or I'm going to learn how to tithe at a young age? Am I going to have one foot in the church, one foot outside of the church, or am I going to be two feet down in the church? And it took me a long time to wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so glad that you know I felt convicted. And friends, if you ever feel convicted, praise God, that's the Holy Spirit working in your heart. But that conviction it means nothing if you don't act on it. And so I'm thankful that thank God when I got to college, I had. Um, you know the Holy Spirit leading me into the right in the into the right decisions and and to fully put my faith in in Him. Yeah, let's go to Don. Don, thank you for calling in to SoCal Live. What's on your heart today? Well, I I'm not a parent and I don't have any children, so this is a great talk show for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I see um, that uh, the churches are not um, really talking about the new birth experience that let's say um, children are born and then they come into, you know, having homosexual thoughts or these thoughts or like the, the gentleman just said, you know, should I be with my girlfriend? Not okay. You see, there's a whole um, teaching about that, um, that the church shouldn't drop the ball on it, that when you get regenerated, you know, you have to renew your mind and the whole regenerating process uh, which can be just like, you know, 30 seconds, um, you know, you're new. And I I see that kids don't understand that, um, let alone some adults don't either, that the new birth is is exactly what it is. And then, of course, there's the renewing of the mind, and the churches need to really be teaching this. So the young kids 
um, can become regenerated instead of sitting in the church till till somebody else gets a hold of them, which I see happen uh, even in the church I'm in. Yeah, yeah, Don. Thank you for that. It's almost like Satan. Satan is getting all the prime time uh, in front of these kids' lives, and the church takes a back seat. Sometimes the parents take them to church. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the parents aren't living truth. And Caleb, somebody comes to our church or evangelical church to some degree. I mean, you're you're confident if we can just get them in our doors, we're we're, we're going to do what with them. If a student comes to Shepherd Youth, we are. Uh, if a student comes to Shepherd Youth, we're definitely going to teach about how you're going to be renewed by the Holy Spirit, by the renewal of your mind, like Romans twelve one says, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, we definitely teach that to our students. We even had a series called Safe Space where we talked about all of these issues, like homosexuality and pornography, and um, all, you know all these big topics that they're thinking about. So we get these ideas in front of them. We let them know that they're transformed by the renewal of their mind. But I, I also think there's a reality of, I remember being in Bible college and it's the, the here, but not totally here yet reality of kind of like heaven, like heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, mm-hmm. but also there's some parts of heaven that are not completely here yet. And I think that same concept goes for the renewal of our minds, of our minds are being renewed every single day by the Holy Spirit as we engage with God's Word, as we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. And But I also think that there's a reality of some of our sin and some of our habits is going to stick with us. And so I, I try, and I know Derek does too, when we speak to our students, we do the best we can to talk about the renewal of your mind and the, the regeneration that happens when you're saved. Um, but there is a reality too where our students come to us and go, well, I'm, I'm trying, but this addiction still has a hold of me. And I, I think that um, you still have to continue walking with those students and showing them how how you know you got over those sins and you got over those addictions. Because I know for me, my regeneration or my renewal, it's still going on to this day. Um, thank God I've made progress from high school. But um, I, t- I tell the same to our students. It's a long journey. There's so much uh, to just keeping the scriptures in front of our kids when they're young, and there's many ways to do that. Part of it, obviously, is getting them to church, a good church. Um, we can talk about parents, if you're not at a great church, you gotta get you got to get that child in a great church to come along inside help you. My name's Dudley Rutherford, filling in for Scott Furrow. You're listening to Friday's edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Wilbur, I love that song, God's Grace. That's what this is really all about. Uh, And we're talking about children who've gone astray and the temptations that come before them have two young men in the studio Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden you can find Derek on his Instagram page but his first name's a little weird D-E-R it's I-E-C-K I-E-C-K Lopez Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden's got an underscore between Caleb and Walden so it's Caleb underscore Walden you can find them on Instagram we, we want to go to uh, Mindy's been waiting on the phone for a while Mindy, thank you for joining our conversation today on SoCal Live, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Hi. I am calling, actually, to be a support and give God great glory for the many years I have worked through a prodigal son, actually, too. So I'm just calling to let moms out there know that 
the waiting and the praying is worth it. And mm. God has those boys and those girls in their hands, mm. and he will not let them go. Mm. Oh, wow. And we are actually celebrating my son's birthday, his 35th birthday, and this is the first year in 20 years. Not that we haven't given him birthdays and celebrated, but this is the first year in 20 years that um, he is feeling relieved and um, productive moving forward. And it's been a long, long wait. Oh, Mindy. So, um, Mindy, tell us about the times you've pr- the amount of prayers you've prayed for that boy. <laughs> many, many prayers, many, yeah. many, and I have seen God show up in so many ways and so many questions. Um, you know, I have just to encourage people. I have two daughters that have done well, and I have two sons that have not. And I learned to say, I'm not going to take credit when it's good, and I'm not going to blame myself when it's bad. Ooh, that's a good yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because, um, you know, the world tells you that. And Mindy, stay with us. Uh, Mindy, stay with, stay online with us. I want to talk to Derek and Kayla, but guys, you know what you're listening to right here? Yep. You know what this is? This is called Tears of Joy. Yeah. When, when you have a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, you spend every night crying tears of pain, tears of heartache. And what you're listening to right now are tears of joy. Because when that prodigal yeah, comes yeah. home, it's, it's, it's an answer to all your prayers. Right, Mindy? Yes, yes, yes. And to see God work. I mean, I'm not the same person I would have been without all that. And mm. to see God work through the, the hard. Oh. It's... Um, it's it's good. God is good all the time, no matter what. And he's taught me to say that. So, All right, Mindy, I, thank you for calling. You blessed. You blessed. Anyone who's listening, you just blessed. Oh, uh, you know, it's you guys don't even have kids yet. But people like Mindy and people who've had a child. And guys, I'm speaking to you now as kind of a mentor. You you have no clue until you have your own child, and it's the weirdest thing. You just think, well, you know, you love your wife, and you love chocolate cake, and you love God, and you love Jesus. But when you have that child, there's a there's a level of love that goes that God puts in you. Sometimes you have a child, you think, well, I could never love any more than I love this child, and then God gives you another child, and He just keeps expanding your ability to love. And then one day you spend you spend 15 years of your life every waking moment just providing and taking care and leading and directing and praying. And then one day that child wakes up, meets one wrong person at school, one wrong teacher, one wrong friend, and that child goes down a path. And the amount of pain that you experience with the prodigal is is greater than the love that you had for that child. It's a whole other emotion, but it is a painful emotion. And you you can't sleep at night, and you can't think, you can't work, because that child you know is in a far distant land. And then you cry every night, you cry, you pray, you cry, you weep. And then one day that child decides to come home. And then the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15 with the father, he's waiting out, looking out over the horizon, and he sees that prodigal come home. You know the story that the father begins to run towards that boy because he was lost and now he's found. He was blind, but now he can see. And there's an emotion there that when that child returns, 
It's the culmination of the joy when you had the child, the pain when the child went astray, and to see that child come home. Oh, there's only one thing greater than that emotion, and that's having a grandchild. (laughs) (laughs) Jiggy Jace. Oh, my goodness. I want to go to David's calling from Culver City. David, what's on your heart today? You know, I'm listening, and I I honestly think we're missing the boat. I mean, Mindy is a perfect example of what's going on in evangelical Christianity. All right. Males are having problems, not females. Three-fifths of the college graduates now are female, not male. There's a huge number of white and black males dropping out of the workforce. They're undereducated, and they're getting addicted to drugs. The big problem we need to be addressing is not abortion and homosexuality. It's education. Uh, it's addressing this problem of why are males, why are males dropping out of the workforce? Why are they? Why don't they have no motivation to complete their education? I mean, what's the? I don't think that's that has nothing to do with homosexuality or abortion. I think we're not addressing that problem at all, and that's what's kind of making a lot of what you're saying irrelevant. David, I, I'm not I'm not following you, my man. I, I I'm I'm listening to you, but you're you're not making much sense to me because well, there I, are prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. The there's there's hold on a uh, second, hold on a second. There's prodigal sons and prodigal daughters, and there once once you get down that path that that trail that's leading you away from God, some of these issues that you're mentioning is why they're going down those trails. Because we're not, we don't have them in church. We're not, we we don't have an opportunity to present Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word to them. So I, I don't know where that has to do with with people dropping out at work. I I I didn't follow the logic. Did you guys follow that at all? I don't I, I don't want to upset David because David I, I, sounded I like understand. he was really burd, burdened there. I can I do think that prodigals are you know men and women boys and girls it's you know i don't think there's one side that you know outweighs too far and maybe i would say men outweigh a little bit more yeah um and i think that so i I hear what you're saying and i see it and um i think there's a few reasons for that I, i think it's interesting if you go all the way back to genesis 1 the problem of men from the beginning is our our passivity sometimes yeah you see eve going and she grabs the apple and adam's right there next to her and what, what does he say Nothing. And Nothing. He, he lets her go and do it. And I, I think that's a, a problem that men have that is, is going to be with us until heaven comes and, and Jesus comes again. And I, I think we see that through fathers and through sons and, and, and men often. And I, th- I remember talking to my dad. I said, Dad, what's, what's the hardest thing about being a dad? Or, or what's the most important thing about being a dad? And he said, the most important thing when you're a dad is just showing up and being there. Mm. He says, if, if you're there, you've done 90% of the work. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of dads and, and men have, have a problem with, but that's, that's where we need to step up yeah, is we just yeah, need to yeah, sh- show up. I think, up. you know, when he was talking there, what I think the factor is that the dad's not in the home. Yeah. It's not because we're concerned about homosexuality or all the other stuff. Yeah. The kids. I mean, that, those are legit issues. You, you, can't, you can't dismiss those for any reason. Right, yeah. but the, the the dads are missing in the homes. Yeah, and I, I think you have to, in spite of all that, give so much credit back to the moms and the single mothers oh. who, like oh. like Mindy is saying, not that that is her situation, but it's many situations. So many mothers have 
laid the spiritual foundation brick by brick for their kids through prayer, through calling the church, through asking for help. Uh, and not that fathers don't. Some fathers do. My dad did. Um, but that so many mothers have put in so much work, and we should be so thankful. Sean, we have a quick minute. I want to go to Sean, one of our callers. We have just a quick minute. What's on your heart, Sean? Thank you for calling SoCal Live today. Uh, I always have to be quick, so but I'll try. I was a prodigal's daughter, first oh. and foremost. Oh, there you go. So, um, I, I will stress that the parents have to be parents, and that I know everybody is saying, well, no, they laid it brick by brick, and they were all doing good. No, we we, we first, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him with spirit and his truth. When our outcomes become what they are today, that's not behind somebody laying it brick by brick and doing the will of God. They said the way they, it, it could have been, I said, do as I say, but somewhere in the doing, and the action force, action impact force got lost because the Bible come with a pro- promise and we got to get back to sound teaching, which a lot of people are afraid to do today. Now, when I was a kid, I'm 56 years old. When I was a kid, my parents, I came up from the fabric. <laughs> yes. I got skin because... Um, they put it what I didn't I didn't have it grew okay my feelings they they were about living the word of God more so and they did what they said and I respect that I, I wouldn't change my upbringing for anything yes they were a little rigid but the outcomes were a whole lot better than what we're receiving today because like they said we've been to not just two men been too passive in the home there's been a lot of absentee parenting yeah sean i'm I'm really sorry but i have to cut you off there uh not because it was a bad call but we're on a hard break here and uh i agree wholeheartedly with her that we it, it we we got to get the parents back to teaching the children, the Word of God. Parents, I want to encourage you to keep praying for that prodigal son, keep praying for that prodigal daughter. I want to thank my guests, Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden, for being here today. And uh, thank you, young man, for for doing your part in helping reach your generation and the next generation. That is so important. Coming out of this break, we're going to have Candace Cameron Bure is going to be in studio. You're going to have an opportunity to call and uh, – Wish her well or talk to her, ask her a question. We want to encourage you to stay with us through this break, and uh, we'll be right back. But thank you for listening to Friday's edition of SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.